Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. I go by the name Q Ward five days a week at least, sometimes six, maybe seven. Yes, indeed. Um, and we got a lot in store for you today. Today's show is going to be a good one. I'm pretty excited because we actually are going to talk about something that I feel is more positive Uh-oh. for one of our segments, you know, and of course we, we revert to type in the second part of the show, but anyway, stick around. We're going to talk about a California judge who basically had to educate some police officers um, about, you know, the realities of the situation, which isn't something that we normally see. Normally those two are kind of in sync and they just kind of follow each other's whatever direction um and normally that would go into our baba become a better ally segment but I, I really felt that it was important to just kind of share a nice story and you know we can also flesh out some details as well um second half of the show we're going to talk about guns um you know guns is a is an american problem not just a, a you know, poor black neighborhood problem but um yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about guns and we're going to use a story that comes out of uh, Colorado, I believe. Yes, Colorado, uh, where a person was killed while trying to actually save some lives. It's a really interesting story and uh, can't wait to peel away some of those layers. And we're also going to go with our Way Black History Fact, where we talk about the Floating Freedom School, a very interesting tidbit of uh, history in this country where, you know, if the state says you can't educate the black people, then we'll go into the river where it doesn't belong to the state and we'll do it there. So a lot to stick around for. But first, like we always do at this time, let's talk about some Ebony Excellence. So Ebony Excellence, this is a segment where we try to highlight something positive going on in the black community usually it's by an individual doing something that we are really proud of or that we want to get behind or just you know let you know about but today we're going to talk about a person named emilio delgado um he was a mexican-american person so we're going to shout him out for our ebony excellence it's our choice and we get to do it so we're sharing the stage um he was the person who played Luis on Sesame Street for four years. Um, he passed away and I wanted to use this to kind of highlight his life because what he did was he shared his culture to me and I'm sure to a lot of people um, uh, who watched Sesame Street growing up and it was very, very important to see that um, in any event. Uh, yeah, he, he's passed away and um, he was a, this comes from TMZ, uh, the beloved Mexican-American actor was a pioneer in children's television playing Luis, the fix-it shop owner for a total of 40 years on Sesame Street. And uh, he also did a lot of stuff in theater and, and that sort of thing, but um, a life well lived. Um, he leaves behind obviously a legacy of sharing his culture with young children at a time when they're very impressionable. And you know, you can either develop prejudices or you can develop appreciations. And he was one of those people that believed in sharing his culture and creating the appreciation that we ultimately ended up, um, hopefully, <laughs> Uh, uh, getting an appreciation for our Mexican-American brothers and sisters. And so um, in death, uh, 
is, is now is the only time we can honor him. So we wanted to do that today with our Ebony Excellence. So once again, shout out to Emilio Delgado, AKA Luis from Sesame Street. Um, also real quick, I wanna shout out myself. Got honored by the uh, NAACP. They presented me with their Next Gen Media Activist Trailblazer Award. Uh, and uh, it's not something that I take lightly. I'm very appreciative. So again, shout out to the NAACP for looking out, you know, and listening to this little show that you and I do here. Um, it matters that it matters to you. All right. So first things first. It matters that it matters to me. Right. Because I get to share the stage, the couch, the bar stool, the turntables, the microphone, the laptop with Sir Ramses Ja. Um, I am ridiculously, ridiculously proud of you, brother. And I smile just as hard at that trophy as you do at that plaque, at that recognition, because you deserve it, because you really, really pour yourself into making life better for other people and not just people that look like us. And I'm glad that, you know, somebody else sees that and recognizes it. That was, that was very kind of you, Q. Thank you for saying that. Um, I'm hoping that not just you, but that all of our listeners and supporters, um, hopefully I'm, I'm doing right by everyone, but yeah, enough about me. Um, let's talk about this California judge who tossed out a civil complaint against the city of Palo Alto filed by six officers alleging harassment and discrimination. Now this comes from the Atlanta Black Star. Um, so I wanna give them credit where it's due. I'll read a little bit. The lawsuit claims that the city quote, forced them to pass a Black Lives Matter mural on a public street near their precinct, causing them humiliation and mental anguish. The cops sought from the city compensation for alleged physical, mental, emotional, and economic damages, huh? They incurred as a result of the mural being across from their place of employment. Now, normally we don't talk about these sorts of things, but this is kind of important. Um, we have to point out the hypocrisy that's kind of built into several of the narratives that relate to Black people. Um, you know, a lot of folks tend to associate wokeness with the left and, you know, Black people tend to be on the left politically more than on the right, certain way more. Um, and one of the things that, you know, officers, police, law enforcement folks, government folks, and people that support them tend to be a little bit more conservative leaning, right? So there's the dividing line, have to establish that. The thing is, there tends to be this running joke on the right that, you know, we need to own the libs, right? Libs short for liberals. Um, you know, uh, there's this attack on, you know, being woke. Um, liberal tears is kind of a catchphrase. They, they love liberal tears, making the libs cry, you know, that sort of thing. And the idea is that they, in their story and in their minds, they consider themselves to be very, very strong and very poised and able to um, 
deal with adversity in in a manner that is healthy and that somehow the liberals just cry about everything you know and and i think this story right here illuminates the hypocrisy in that narrative right so what we have here is again six police officers i'll read it again alleging harassment and discrimination because they were forced to pass a black lives matter mural on a public street Rams. So that it caused them humiliation and mental anguish. Go ahead. I want to give some context to that. Go ahead. Because this is a lawsuit, the word pass might read like the city had to pass a law or allow. That's not what this is saying. These people had to pass by. <laughs> they had to like drive by it. <laughs> right? Because either way, it would be ridiculous. But this is not them complaining about having to allow some bill or law or something to be passed. No, they're alleging anguish and harassment and all this stuff. Physical, mental, emotional and economic. Yes, because they had to actually pass by. (laughs) I want to understand how ridiculous this was. Absolutely. And and so this is um, one of those things. Not not unlike, you know, the debates about critical race theory, where kind of the point for those who are opponents to critical race theory or teaching American history um, feel like, well, we don't want to feel bad and we don't want to make kids feel bad about the the true history of this country. So we're going to teach a version of it that is less articulate um, or we're just going to scrap the lessons altogether because whatever, whatever their justification is. But you see how their feelings come into play the same as anyone else, right? So this, the way that they paint, you know, folks who have adopted a more liberal philosophy, you know, with their life um, as being soft, or whatever, you know, this, this whole liberal tears thing, it's just, a, it's, it's insulting, but it's not based in any, any shared reality. You know, they just have their examples. And I, I get the way social media works. It shows them things that confirm their bias and this, it does the same thing on the left. We're not immune to that. Um, but this story is a living story that shows just how fragile Anybody can be. But in, the, in this story, we're talking about these police officers in Palo Alto, California. Now, the one thing that I haven't discussed yet is the fact that it's a mural. It's a painting on a wall, right? And the, the largest letters on the mural said, it's removed now, but they said Black Lives Matter, right? That was the point. And you have talked about this before on the show, Q, how it blows your mind that Black Lives Matter is is a controversial statement by itself. Strangest thing, right? The, 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 The most strange thing about it is that it would only be controversial with the word Black in front of it. Because every other life matters just fine. If they said gay lives matter, 
they wouldn't be up in arms about that. They wouldn't retort with, well, all lives matter. Like, no. The 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 things that our LGBTQ brothers and sisters have endured for all of history, like the Bible picking out that you're bad. Like, you know how many churches have taught that for the existence of history, the existence of history. You know what I mean? Like, imagine that. The, the, what what all of our brothers and sisters have had to endure at the hands of hate, racism, and white supremacy. Um, you know, a very, very afflicted version of Christianity all coming from that same school. Because, you know, throughout history, people used the Bible and Christianity as a way to justify harming and abusing people who didn't who they didn't think looked, lived, and believed the way that they thought they should. Mm. It said Asian lives matter. If it said Hispanic or Latino lives matter, there would not be any pushback. Let me say this the right way. There wouldn't be any pushback from us. Yeah. I'm sure there are people who would find a way to have a problem with those statements, but we wouldn't stand opposed to any other word being at the front of that because the the retort or the the response should be absolutely and of course yeah not let's figure out a way to combat that controversial hate speech like no so they suffered mental physical and financial (laughs) wish from having to drive and or walk past the words black lives matter Wow. You see how there's no way that this story exonerates them. It, it, it paints them as awful people, no matter which way you cut it. Either they're too soft to be police officers or they're too callous to care about a very significant segment of the population affirming their human rights by simply stating Black Lives Matter. Right. But do you think there are any black police officers in Palo Alto? You know, I, that's a great question. But it'd be hard to believe that there's none. Of course. And they were okay with pursuing this lawsuit with with no worry of bumping into one of their black colleagues at work and there being any pushback. Well, again, their names are on this for those that want to check out the article on uh, the Atlanta Black Star. I'm not mentioning their names because not worth it. Um, but yeah, they, they wrote their names on this. And so this is now when you Google their names, guess what comes up? <laughs> the most important thing that they've done with, you know, that Google can identify is they tried to uh, sue the city for having a mural up, right? Now, let's continue the story. Um, the... 245 by 17 foot mural was temporarily installed in downtown Palo Alto to pay tribute to George Floyd after his 2020 murder. It also depicted other black civil rights leaders and activists, including including Asada Shakur, who was quoted inside one of the letters in the phrase Black Lives Matter. Shakur's inclusion, which also depicted a picture of the cover of her autobiography, created controversy as she is an international fugitive becoming the first woman ever to be placed on the FBI's most wanted terrorist lists. Um, I realize 
reading this that many of you might not know who Asada Shakur is. But if you're listening to this show and you are not willing to Google her name, Asada Shakur, take it from me, despite how that sounds, she is very much the good guy. And once you read her story, you will realize why. And you'll realize why she was painted into the Black Lives Matter mural there. And, you know, there's some, you know, we, we understand that some of you didn't grow up black because you, you're not black. You're listening to a black show because you're trying to educate yourselves or become a better ally, which is sort of the point of the show here. Um, so we don't expect you to know who Asada Shakur is and Stokely Carmichael and, you know, uh, there's, you know, uh, James Baldwin, you know, so we, we, I mean, MLK, everyone knows MLK, Malcolm X, you know, Chadwick Boseman, you know, those guys. But, you know, some of these names that are a little bit before your time, perhaps, or, you know, maybe they just didn't make their way into your classroom, you might not know about. Um, so we have to kind of tell you in brief exactly what we're up against. But again, Asada Shakur is not the bad guy. Uh, in in our story, um, if you talk to some FBI agents from the 60s and 70s, they might disagree with us. But, you know, they were charged with. They knew upholding. better. Yeah, of course. But they were charged with upholding white supremacy and white supremacist institutions. And so the human beings were just kind of a part of the machine. And so they might give you a different answer, just like there are some police officers that will watch the George Floyd video and say, well, you know, those officers should have been shielded by qualified immunity and never gone to prison. They're, those people exist. Right. Um, but, you know, the rest of us know no better. Now, um, back to Asada Shakur, the 74 year old remains in Cuba since escaping prison in the late 1970s after being convicted of fatally shooting a New Jersey state trooper uh, during a traffic stop on May 2nd, 1973. Um, now back to the lawsuit says that the, it stated that the men were also suing for health care services, attorney fees and court to be paid at costs yet to be determined, but in excess of twenty five thousand uh, dollars. The claim stated the men were forced to physically pass and confront the mural every time they entered the Palo Alto Police Department. Uh, the police said the street art was, quote, offensive, discriminatory and harassing iconography that created a hostile and retaliatory work environment for them. Um, according to the documents filed uh, on March 3rd, the Santa Clara County Superior Court Judge, Socrates Peter Manukian tossed out the case ruling that none of the plaintiffs successfully proved they were discriminated against by the city. KCBS radio reports. Uh, the justice submitted that they did not, quote, adequately allege that the city subjected the six cops to an adverse employment action or that there is some uh, causal link between the protected activity and the employer's action. Uh, here's a quote from him. There's nothing to suggest that the mural and its iconic iconography was created in favor of one group over another. The judge wrote in reference to the now removed artwork. Um, he goes on, similarly, plaintiffs do not provide any factual allegations which would suggest defendants' city's uh, refusal to address plaintiffs' complaint about the mural are based on, on plaintiffs' race, ethnicity, or some other protected classification. Uh, in other words, it wasn't a statement to say 
uh, it didn't say Black Lives Matter more. It just it said Black say Lives other Matter. Other lives don't matter. Right. It didn't say anything. It just said Black Lives Matter, right? And that's what we've been trying to say. Jesus, they, you know, and you know what else is crazy? I read a, I read a quote. Um, I think it's from the, the cartoon, The Boondocks. Um, if you haven't seen The Boondocks, there's a kid on there. Uh, his name is Huey, Huey Freeman. He has a big afro. Doesn't look too dissimilar to the way I wear my hair, for those that have seen my picture. Um, and there's a quote from it. He says, I have no patience for white people trying to lecture us on how to respond to oppression in the comfort of their own privilege, right? Um, and I'm not sure if that's directly from him or he was quoting someone else, but that's kind of the what I got from the show. Um, and I think that speaks to people who would challenge Black people affirming their humanity and their rights as conscious beings um, in saying Black Lives Matter, you know, for people that oppose that by saying, well, all lives matter, or try to discredit that statement in some way. Um, it's silly on its face, right? And this judge effectually affirmed that by saying, well, this wasn't discriminatory. This wasn't meant to hurt your feelings. It doesn't, it doesn't even talk about you. It says black lives matter. There's nothing to do with you. It doesn't say anything about police. It doesn't say anything about non-black people. It doesn't say anything like that. It's just a statement that can, that, that can exist on its own separate from all other sentiments, right? And that has been the point all along. Um, I, I've mentioned on the show before that that phrase was born out of the 2012 killing of Trayvon Martin. Um, and the reason it was born out of that killing is because there were so many police shootings and zero accountability that led up to that point, right? Again, People die, people, black people, often black men die, shot, mysterious circumstances, you know, uh, the police rewrite the story, however it goes, over and over and over and over again. And then finally, sometimes, 2012. Sometimes, like in the case of Trayvon Martin, not suspicious circumstances, very, very clear circumstances. They played out, recorded on a phone with 911, yeah. with them telling this man that was stalking and hunting this child not to do so. And he did without cause anyway, murder this child and was acquitted on all counts, standing his ground by pursuing someone else and killing them. How about that? And so from that was born this phrase, Black Lives Matter. And those people that most, most of them were white, you know, to, to requote the the Huey quote from the boondocks from the comfort of their own home trying to tell black people how to protest right? from the comfort of their own privilege privilege that's the word thank you um so i'll continue here the city of palo alto's lawyers submitted in three separate filings that the officers claims of workplace harassment were unfounded uh judge Manukian agreed with the city ruling that the municipality did not uh, per perpetrate uh, retaliatory acts against the men. Uh, quote, the court finds persuasive defendant city's argument that the plaintiffs 
have not adequately alleged any adverse employment action taken against them by defendant city to support a claim for dis discrimination, uh, Manunkian wrote. So again, that, I call that a win. You know, it's not the biggest win in the world. It's not, you know, but that's, there are people out there who get it, you know, people who have to be unbiased. We know that there are a lot of biased judge judges that they walk into the courtroom and they feel how they feel and they're going to get that off. And you're not going to get justice if you have too much melanin. We know that. But, you know, when there is someone who can say, you know what, this wasn't, this was not created to harm you or to hurt your feelings. And he said it and he stamped his gavel. We needed somebody who is not black to say we're not crazy, because if you're black and you say, what is the problem with saying black lives matter? And then people look at you like you're crazy. All lives matter. It's like, yo, how, how come I can't even get that off? And so, again, we just wanted to share that story because we don't often get to share stories that we feel have positive outcomes. So glad we got to get that off. And it also says a lot that someone thinks that all lives matter contradicts Black Lives Matter. That is wild. This is a good enough time for us to take a pause for the call. So stick around. We're coming back with more Civic Cypher right after this.